Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you. Welcome, Jacob. And uh, you just got rickrolled. Oh. <laughs> uh, the best rickroll that's ever been done still, in my opinion, Okay. in this movie. <laughs> Okay, I got yeah. I would agree. I would completely agree with that. That that was really really good. Um, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Why? Thank you. I think. Uh, and let me introduce our co-host, a man who just was felt compelled to adopt fifteen young racers who just got abandoned. We got to abandon game. Welcome, Drew. I need some root beer. <laughs> May have to go to Tappers. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, a, maybe a strong root beer or two. Uh, very strong. Or, or make five. it a double. Yeah, make it a make double. It a double. <laughs> Shows what I know about alcohol. I'm just spouting random yeah, just, things just, I heard in the movie. Yeah, just just a, a nice shot of Mountain Dew with vanilla. You'll be good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that reaction. <laughs> I like Mountain Dew. And I'm sure with vanilla it's good, but at the same time I thought that is a lot of sugar. Uh-huh. That is a lot of sugar. Oh. Uh, Josh in our chat room here did just say something I thought I think is funny. He says, Did Drew just rickroll me? Dislike, unsubscribe, leave nasty comments. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. So Jacob. <laughs> How are you doing today? Uh, minus a long day and probably lacking a little sleep, but I am fine. That's good. How about you? Fair to Midland. Long work days. Happy that mm. uh, I've got a long weekend coming, which mm. I will not rub in your face because I know you don't. But still, I need the rest. Ah, When you work four 12-hour days a week. Yeah, that's true. It's nice to have a little rest from time to time. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess if we're ready to jump into what we've been watching. Yeah. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, well, uh, if now, I don't know when the release of this, uh, this previous episode we just released or what the, the on. one that we uh, our special project that we recorded with somebody. Yes. You mean. Yes. I don't know when that's going to be released either. We do need to talk about that at some point. Yes, we do. Sometime before May. Yeah. Sometime next month. We're going to have to throw that in there or replace yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I've been watching uh, Indiana Jones. I watched uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Uh, probably one of my favorite uh, Indiana Jones films. Um. I was just more like I was sitting around, and be like, "What movie do I want to watch?" 
And uh, oddly enough, Drew has a, a uh, movie yes, poster poster of that film, which makes me enviously jealous. Uh, Gift from my late uncle. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, well, there was a movie I watched uh, probably a couple of weeks or last week, actually. And uh, I'd got it from Amazon mm-hmm. and I'd heard about this movie forever called Ninja Scroll. I've heard of this. Yeah. I've not watched it, but I have heard of it. Uh, it's really good. Extremely violent. Bloody. Like this was made like in 1993, 1994. So in the midst of like anime, be like everything was like. To use the pun, a slaughter race. <laughs> nice. Uh, the 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 movie itself is good. Uh, would I recommend it to families? No, absolutely not. There is violence, glory. There's language. There's nudity. There's um, other things you do not want your kids watching. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, yeah, like if you are if you're an adult, you've if you're over eighteen, um, or maybe even twenty one. Uh, I would recommend it. It's, it's, I don't know if I'd recommend this movie or not, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. And, um, if, if you are, if you want to go check out this movie, you can go check it out. If you want to, uh, just make sure you are over 18. And so that's my strong advice. Do not watch this movie. You are under 18 years old. (laughs) Okay. Um, because this movie gets graphic. (laughs) Let's say that. Uh, so other than that, other than that, uh, that is all I've been watching except for the special project we did with, well, the, with we the can go ahead and mention, I think the movie we watched yeah. for that special project. Yeah. We, cause we watched, uh, my hero academia Two heroes. Yeah. The movie. Yes. So look forward to when we release that one. We, uh, we reviewed that with Aaron Lowe over mm. of banter, banter mm. podcast. And uh, because and we did not do it live because the schedule just wasn't going to work out mm-hmm. where we could do that. So we're going to throw that in sometime here in the next week, uh, two or three weeks. So yeah, look forward to that. Yes. Uh, uh, also, other than that, I have watched. What else have I watched? Well, I've played a, a game that I played a long time ago. Okay. But I recently started replaying it because I found out it's on Xbox Game Pass. Ah. Uh-huh. And that is a game called Brutal Legend. This came out originally on the Xbox 360. I think it's the only console it came out on, though I could be wrong. And it is very much a... Imagine if the album art of metal... Heavy metal uh, rock album, uh, record albums. Yeah, was a world that you could run around in. Oh, okay, interesting. And you f- run across, and most of the voice actors are uh, actual heavy metal musicians. I mean, your main character, of course, is Jack Black. Because oh. of course it is. Of course. But I mean, uh, Ozzy Osbourne shows up at one point as the main vendor that you b- buy all your items from. Wow. Uh, a bunch of other people I can't think of off the top of my head. But, I mean, it's made by uh, Double Fine, who also made Psychonauts and Costume Quest and a bunch of other stuff. This is by far their uh, most adult-rated game. Because, <laughs> mm. I mean, it is rated M for Mature, for language. 
In fact, one of the things I found funny when I was going through this is as you're going through the opening scene, it stops and says, would you prefer the language? Uh, 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 Brutal Legend contains heavy use of language. Would you like this censored? And your options are, I want to hear every bleeping thing. Or I think it's funnier if you cut out the cuss words. If you believe out the cuss words. <laughs> okay. And then another one's like, there's gonna there will be lots of heavy gore in this. Uh, do you want the gore to be you know censored or not? And I picked. No, oh, I, I don't mind the gore being uncensored. So I hit that, and immediately the three guys, th- three guys in, in the in this cutscene get their heads cut off. <laughs> it's like okay, fatality. So yeah, that was a very 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 fun time on that. I'm I'm still in the beginning of that game. Okay, but it's it's fun, and I if you're on Xbox, I definitely if you are a don't if you're below eighteen, like you said, mm-hmm. don't play this game. Yeah, because of the language. Yeah, because of the language. But other than that, it's a very fun game. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Josh said something on the the chat. Yeah, he was asked it? if it was the Jack Black game. Yes, it's the Jack Black game. Yeah. And uh, Retro Rewind says, hi there, DJ. <laughs> I'm thinking that's what my grandpa used to call my grandma. DJ? Yeah. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite at all. But yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's pretty oh. much what I've been watching. What do we got in the news? All right. So what we've got in the news. So with uh, Godzilla versus King Kong already out in theaters. Uh, which I'm looking forward to going watching. I know he's going to go watch it. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about ordering a shirt regarding that pr- at this moment. Those of you in the in the video chat, it's the one I'm wearing right now. Exactly. Probably in black. Um. <laughs> uh, so with that movie, um, uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, it's it's uh, doing very well during pandemic era, the pandemic era. Uh, so director Adam Wingard. Uh, has been tasked with another uh, another franchise, a quite old franchise, and I think we covered its one of its reboots in the uh, animated series. I'm sorry, I was typing. What? <laughs> Apparently, the director of King uh, King Kong vs Godzilla mm-hmm. uh, has been tasked to uh, helm a a certain movie re a TV, a TV series. They are making oh, into a movie is, are you talking about the fourth try at making a Thundercats show? You're correct. <laughs> so I say for, fourth try because the first one was very successful. The second one should have been more successful. Yeah. If people would have, if they had to tie it to toy sales. Yeah. That's, that's the thing though. And then the third is, you know, yeah, roar should have been destroyed and it's never more like, allowed to exist. Yeah, it would. It's Thundercats roar, but it should have been Thundercats. No, <laughs> either way, uh, I'd have taken Thundercats go. Yeah, true. Anyway, that's but too- that would require better comp- better character models. That is true. Either way, uh, so uh, Adam Wingard has been uh, tasked to direct a uh, new Thundercats movie. Uh, uh, they're developing the project. Uh, it's been script writings. Uh, 
Uh, he does give a description, and I I, I read this in uh, uh, Deadline or uh, Dateline or Deadline dot uh, com. Uh, Thundercats is a dream project for me. When I was in high school, I obsessed with it. You think at that point I was a little too old that my years of obsession with Thundercats would have went when I was six years old. My real, my real obsession with Thundercats came in high school. The panic of me deciding I wanted to be a film writer and pushing in, pushing that direction. I actually spent most of my 10th grade year completely. I completely, I completely blew up, blew it off. I didn't pay attention to school. I had, I made terrible grades. And the reason I, I was writing my Thundercats screenplay through my entire 10th grade year. Uh, Wingard told deadline in a new interview. So apparently he's got a lot of passion for Thundercats. That means it should be good then. It should be, but there again, be like, these are early stages of movies. Uh, and we all know movies that have be like, there, there have been tries for like every imaginable kind of series to get off the ground. They just never did. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if this is actually going to come to the wishing or not. So it's just, uh, I'm definitely going to keep up with it. See if it, if there's any more development from it. So I'll keep you guys in tune and, and up to date on this process. I don't know if it's going to be CGI. It could be live action. We don't know. Who knows? Yeah. There again, this is just, they are casting directors and writers. So yeah, it is a process. So speaking of movies coming out, uh, space jam, a new legacy coming to theaters on July 16th. Also on on uh, HBO Max. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we are going to do a reaction to that. Yes. And uh, we might have a... We might have a guess. We, we haven't... Uh, that, none of that's in stone yet. Yeah, none of that's in stone yet. But uh, look forward to our uh, reaction to that. Uh, a game that gets mentioned quite a bit in this <laughs> podcast. Quite a bit. Adrian... And we'll have a mention later tonight. tonight to yes. Hear. Uh, so apparently on a game that get, has been giving me these weird thoughts lately, like, is any of this for real or not? Uh, I think you might need to talk to a shrink about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> not. I know of one. He's really good. Yes. Kingdom Hearts is 15 years old and I can't believe it's been 15 years. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, technically it was released 19 years ago. 19? Yeah, it was released on March oh, tw- yeah, March 28th, was, I, I, 2002. I, game, I bought that game in 2002. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. That's, I'm old. Yeah, that's the same year I graduated high school. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was in 10th grade when that came out. Yeah, dude, don't feel too bad. 11th grade, sorry. Uh, don't feel too bad. Um, I, I, I work with people, I work with young people who were born in 2002 mm. and they use their birth date as their passcode. I'm like, man, do I feel that old was a stupid idea. Yeah, true. Anyway, anyways. All right. So our last bit of news, uh, apparently star Wars is getting another TV series. Like they need another one. Yeah. This time, uh, the latest anim- animated int- entry into the Star Wars legacy 
Lucasfilm Star Wars The Bad Batch has dropped. Well, that was announced a while back. Yeah, but it's the, just they officially announced the release date is yeah. Star Wars Day. Yeah. Uh, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, May the 4th be a 14, uh, 17th issue issue premiere. Uh, new uh, new episodes will roll out starting May 7th. Okay. So, yeah, that's all I've got in the news. Alrighty, so let's jump into our spoiler-free review of Ralph Breaks the Internet. So I saw this in theaters when it mm. came out back in 2018. And I remember enjoying it, but I remember feeling something was off. Yeah. And it wasn't... Ent- and keep in mind, at this time, we were in the early stages of... We were. ...setting up this podcast. So we were talking on and off, trying to get a feel for, you know, what we were thinking going going into this. Yeah. And you mentioned a certain fact that kind of put the film in stark contrast for me. Okay. We'll get to that dislike because I know it's coming. Yes. In the actual. Oh, it, it'll it'll be. But it'll be first in line. In my opinion, this is not as good as Racket Ralph. Right. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go watch the film because right. the film is so good. Yeah. It's just they. It's not as good as the first one, but I do remember enjoying it. If if you have any love or uh, knowledge of internet from the well really there's stuff going all the way back to the to the 90s in one scene mm-hmm. but if you if you've been on the internet in the past 10 years go watch this film it's going to be worth it yes yeah i also uh i also was able to watch the movie in theaters when it first came out and also I had, you know, kind of mixed feelings with this film. Uh, there, there are some really, really good touching moments with the character development. Uh, but like Drew said, there is like this huge problem with this film and, uh, we'll get into that with our dislikes. And also I had, uh, like I would normally do, I would post, uh, my non-spoilerly thoughts on Facebook uh, back then in 2018, because I, I would normally just post my um, post my non-spoiler uh, reaction to a movie, and uh, this thing be like I was kind of dissatisfied. Uh, I didn't like the film so much, and then one of our now listeners, Heather, uh, she had messaged me and like, "So, what did you think about the film?" And I laid into it. She's like, "Oh." That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we will get into that. Uh, that breakage of what they did with the first film. Yes. Yes. More than the, the internet was broken. This film. Yes. Which is saying something now that I yeah, think about all, it. All, all I can, all I can say is with our, uh, one of our main protagonists of this film, uh, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say, it, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm just, I'm referring to a song from uh, Avril Lavigne off of her first album, So Much for My Happy Ending. We'll get to that. When, yeah. Or as we say on Movie of the Week podcast or other show, we'll get there, there when we, we get, get there. there. So <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do us for our non-spoiler review. Yes. Uh, you ready to hit the bumpers and then we'll jump into this thing? Let's wreck it. All righty. We, uh, we'll catch you on the other side then. Ray. Okay. This progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. 
Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know, I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right, hold on, give me, give me it. Okay. <laughs> All right, this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Untold Podcast. Engaging the culture's imagination, the Untold Podcast prevents free speculative fiction every month from a Christian worldview. The Untold Podcast aims to recapture the power of story and use the weirder genres to do it. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural stories serve as metaphors for our lives. The distant star systems, the shining knights, the abominable yetis, and the ghosts remind us of our own struggles, triumphs, and losses. Each month features a new story and flash fiction presented in a unique and dynamic way. The producer and narrator of the podcast is Nathan James Norman, an author, pastor, and theologian living in northern Michigan. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, <laughs> who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Ralph Breaks the Internet. Listener discretion is advised. Ralph Breaks the Internet was written and directed by Phil Johnston, who also directed Zootopia, and uh, Rich Moore, who was a writer on 1987's Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. Hmm. It was also written by uh, Pamela Rabon, who also wrote Moana. Jim Reardon, who also wrote Wall-E, and Josie Trinidad, who wrote the, the the short How to Hook Up Your Home Theater, which was one of those goofy uh, how-to cartoons. Thought so. Which I have been meaning to go back and watch because I've heard it's funny. Mm. Getting into the cast, I guess I should say the music was uh, composed by Henry Jackman. Mm-hmm. Who also did? Who's also doing right now? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and he also did uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War. Oh, okay. If I'm remembering correctly, you're also that Alan Menken did write. Uh, yeah, Alan Menken did write the song uh, "No Place Like Slaughter Race." Yeah. Getting into the cast, John C. Riley plays Ralph, and uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he played Corpseman Day. Sarah Silverman plays Vanellope, and she played Patty DiMarco in School of Rock. Gal Gadot plays Shank, and she is, of course, Wonder Woman in the DC movies. So she's she's a princess in the D the DC A EU? Technically. Or, yeah, EU, and then she helped a Disney princess in a Disney movie. Pretty much. Taraji P. Henson played Yes. And in the upcoming movie Minions, The Rise of Groove. That's right, yeah. She's playing Bell Bottom. Yeah. 
Jack McBriar plays Felix. Mm-hmm. And in Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh. Do you remember who he played? Oh my god. We brought th- I don't I don't think we brought this up in that review. Oh my gosh. Can you make a guess? Because it's actually completely different from this character. Oh, didn't he play the the main character? No. Who did he play? Badgie. That's right. He played Badgie. <laughs> he played Evil Clippy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember something about that. Oh my gosh. When are they doing season two for they that? They need to hurry it up. I, I, I agree. That, that was, I, that, I can't believe I've got you excited for a Star Trek show. Okay, so uh, <laughs> go go back to late earlier episodes if you haven't go watch September uh, of this year. Yeah, go go listen to our uh, our Star Trek Lower Decks. That yeah, and if on, you've not watched Lower Decks and you're a Star Trek fan, you need to go watch this. It's great. Now, granted, be like I am not you know a, a Trekkie. Did I say that right? Yes. Trekkie. Okay. Well. I, I would forgive you if you said Trekkie or Trekker because I honestly don't remember which one wears uh, Starfleet uniforms to conventions because it's fun and which one wears Starfleet uniforms to conventions because that's what Starfleet uh, people do when they go on away missions. Either way, potato, potato. I'm just saying... I'm I'm just saying there's some people who are worse off than others. I would I would agree. And I don't remember which one refers to the worst ones. Now, just, just in clarity... Because I remember the first few times we did the the uh, the TV series, I think it was like the first two episodes. I kept saying uh, Trekker, Track. yeah, Tracker. I kept saying Star Trek, Star Trek, to the point where when I, we were this is back when I was still doing clips. I copied out every time you said Track, 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 <laughs> to just mess with you. It's like I'm going to teach you how to say the name of the series correctly. Because I, I remember your, even your mother said, "Yes, it's, yeah, it's called a Trekkie." <laughs> It's trek. called Trek, not Track. <laughs> track is what you run on. A Trek is the adventure you go on. Anyway, Jane Lynch played Calhoun. Mm-hmm. And she is most famous for playing the character of Sue Sylvester in Glee. Mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk plays uh, Nosemore. And he played the character of Sonny in iRobot. Along with playing... Uh, King Candy slash Turbo and Wreck-It Ralph. Have some candy. Alfred Molina, the greatest actor to ever play a villain, Mm -hmm. or one of them, plays a double Dan. And in Spider-Man 2, he played Doc Ock. That is true. Now, remind me who double Dan was. That was the, uh, the virus dealer. Oh yeah. Double Dan. That's right. uh, That's right. Little brother in the neck. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Ed O'Neill plays Mr. Litwack mm-hmm. And uh, in Finding Dory He played the character of Hank I still need to watch that film Sean Gamborn plays the E-Boy And he was Travis in the Emoji movie Okay A movie we're going to have to eventually watch <laughs> Unfortunately uh, Flula Borg played Maybe and he is playing the character of Javelin in the upcoming movie The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Timothy Simons played Butcher Boy, and he is Officer Stevens in Goosebumps. Ali Wong plays Felony, and she played Ellen Yi in Birds of Prey, the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I have to say the full name. Yeah. 
If, if, if you want our full... Sorry, re- the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Why don't they just call it Harley Quinn? That's pretty much what it, they ended up doing eventually, but yeah. Yeah, if you if you want our rea- our uh, review of that film, go check out our, uh, yes. our episode on Movie of the Week podcast. Hamish Blake played Pyro, and he played a character named Billy in 20-something. I'm not sure what that was, but there wasn't much choices there. Hmm. Uh, Glozel Green played Little Debbie, and she played Grandma Rosie Puff in Trolls. Okay. Rebecca Wasaki played uh, eBay Elaine, and she played the character of Ramda in Star Trek Picard. Sam Richardson played Lee the Office Nerd. He, too, was in Star Trek Lower Decks as the character Vendom. Vendome. I said that Vendome. I don't remember who that was. I don't either. Jabuki Young White, and if I said that wrong, my sincere apologies. He played McNeely, mm-hmm. and uh, he also played a character named Borat in Rough Night. That is not the Borat that Sasha Baron Cohen plays. Yeah. Just going to make sure that's obvious. Maurice LaMarche played Tapper. Mm-hmm. And he is Brain in Pinky and the Brain. Okay. And Animaniacs, for that matter. Melissa Villa Senor played Taffeta. And uh, she also played Karen Beverly in Toy Story 4. Okay. Katie Lowe's played Candlehead. And she was the Badger Doctor in Zootopia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Elman played Rancis. And uh, he played a character named Theron Sedrax in Star Wars The Old Republic. Horatio Sands played Duncan. And he played the character of Mithral in The Mandalorian. That is the blue guy in season at the beginning of season one that The Mandalorian captures. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he has a spot in season two. Not that you've watched it yet. Uh, I'm getting there. This is giving you a hard time. Alex Moffat played Jimmy. And he is going to be playing Albert in the upcoming Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Mm. June Squibb played Jimmy's grandma. And she played Margaret, the store owner, in Toy Story 4. Della Saba played Swati. And she was Young Hops in Zootopia. Okay. Michaela Z played Nafissa. And she plays uh, Ginger Hirano in Phineas and Ferb. John DiMaggio played Arthur, the virus in this movie, mm. and uh, he is Bender in Futurama. Okay. Uh, Phil Johnson cameos once again as the surge protector in this movie. He was, you know, the director also. Yeah. And Rich Moore cameos as Sour Bill, Zangief, and one of the stormtroopers. Brad Garrett uh, plays the role of Eeyore. Mm-hmm. In this, and he was also Robert Barone in Everybody Loves Raymond. Anthony Daniels, guess who he played? C three PO. Yeah, he played C three PO, and uh, he played a a henchman in something called "I Expect You to Die." And if you remember from our uh, Star Wars Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, I mentioned that. He pretty much has only done C-3PO. Yeah. That is still true. <laughs> it's hard to find stuff that's not C-3PO for him. Yeah. It's his bread and butter, let's uh, say that. He knows what's sat his 
butter is bread is bread is buttered on. Yeah, golden or as butter is breaded on. Anyway, yeah, it's a more preferably golden bread. Corey Burton played Grumpy, and did you realize he was Spike Braun and Shockwave in the Transformers the movie? I heard something about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's Spike Wickwicky. Really? Yeah. In the one scene that he's in in that movie where he has a speaking line. Wow. Okay. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I'd seen the movie in years. Do you want to make a guess at who Vin Diesel played? I am Groot. (laughs) He played baby Groot. Yeah. But he's most well known for playing Dominic Toretto in the Fast and the Furious. Or Don. Or Don, yes. Dom. Yeah, Dom. Dom, That's what I meant to say. Michael Giacchino. Played uh, FN 3181, one of the stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. That is a reprisal of the same role, same cameo that he had in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Isn't, isn't he the, 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 the one stormtrooper that says traitor? I think so, but do not quote me on yeah. that. He didn't say traitor in this. I know that. Yeah. But he also cameoed in the movie Tomorrowland as the It's a Small World operator. Okay. Uh, Irene Bettard is, of course, the voice of Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. She also played May Stillwater in the show Longmire. Okay. Kristen Bell plays Anna. Mm-hmm. And she is, of course, Veronica Mars in Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. And yes, I said her name correctly. Veronica Mars. No, I meant Anna. Oh, Anna. You did. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even catch it. There's I, 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 a throwback to episode one. Yes. Yeah, I, I was too busy with oil. Sorry. Obviously, <laughs> uh, Jody Benson is Ariel. Uh huh. And did you know she played Barbie in Toy Story Three? Yes, I was unaware of this. Uh huh. And I'm going to mess this name up, but Ali E. Cravajo played Moana. Uh huh. And did you know that she played Ariel in the live Little Mermaid live? Yes, I know that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Cinderella was played by Jennifer Hale, who is the voice of the female Commander Shepard in the game Mass Effect. Okay. All three uh, all three games in that trilogy. Wait, who did she play? The uh, protagonist, Commander Shepard? No, no, no. Like, who, she played, oh, she Cinder- played Cinderella. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Kate Higgins was uh, played uh, Princess Aurora. Mm-hmm. And she plays the character of Amy Mizuno and Sailor Mercury in Sailor Moon Crystal. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Linda Larkin plays ja- Princess Jasmine, and she played the character Stacy in Ferris Bueller the TV series, which I didn't even know there was a Ferris Bueller TV series. Okay, I'm still kind of shocked with that one. Despite the fact, I think I said that in the Aladdin review too, now that I've said it out loud again. You did. So yeah, moving on. Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel. Either way, she plays Elsa, <laughs> and she was the character of she played the character Cersei in the Hercules TV series. Mm-hmm. Kelly McDonald played oh, Merida. Come on, really? What? Okay, you. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You, you said this last time, way back in episode one. And yes, I completely forgot that she played a character on Broadway that yes. I've not seen because I've not seen Wicked. Alphaba. Whatever. <laughs> and also, she was enchanted and then enchanted. Yes, but I skipped that one. Okay, then. Kelly McDonald uh, played Merida. 
And she played Helena Ravenclaw in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Caw, caw, caw. <laughs> Mandy Moore played Princess Rapunzel. And yes. something called Sheriff Kaylee's Wild West. She played Sheriff Kaylee. This is relatively new. And I can't, f- and I don't know what it is. It sounds like something on tel- on a, on, on like a public access television or something like okay, that. Okay. I didn't th- get anything to look it up, but. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's called Sheriff Kaylee's Wild West. While you're doing that, I'll continue. Uh, Paige O'Hara plays Belle. And uh, she played Angela in Enchanted. Pamela Rabone plays uh, Snow White. And she played the character of Child C in Roroni Kenshin the movie. I was hoping I'd get some reaction out of you, but I can tell you're distracted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Annika Noni Rose mm-hmm. played Tiana. Yes. And she played the character of Laurel Robinson in Dreamgirls. Okay. And Ming-Na Wen played Mulan, who is not a princess. Hold on. Who is again? Mulan? Mulan. Yes. We've discussed this. Yes, we have discussed it in life. Mulan is not a princess. (laughs) But she did play Chun-Li in Street Fighter the movie. Yes. And Chun-Li in this movie... She's only in like two scenes. Yes. And it's hysterical. Yeah, couldn't have had Chun uh, Ming Na Wen voice her here too? Exactly. Kind of taking it. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, Getting into the Kingdom Hearts connections. Uh, Mandy Moore Mm -hmm. played Rapunzel here. She did not play Rapunzel in Kingdom Hearts 3 due to a scheduling conflict, Mm -hmm. but she did play Aerith in Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, Ming Na Wen reprises her role as Mulan. John DiMaggio played Arthur in this movie, the uh, virus, and he was played the character of Jacoby in Kingdom Hearts 2. Jodie Benson reprises her role as Ariel. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hale, while also playing Cinderella in both this and Kingdom Hearts, also played Aurora and a deep space operative in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Corey Burton was grumpy here. <laughs> He also played Yen Sid, Ansem the Wise, Zeus, Dale, Claude Frollo, Captain Hook, Magic Mirror, Diz, Sark, the Master Control Program, Santa Claus, the White Rabbit, and the Doorknob in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Paige O'Hara reprised her role as Belle in mm-hmm. both. Linda Larkin reprised her role as Jasmine in both. Maurice LaMarche played Tapper in this movie. And he also was the medium beagle boy in Kingdom Hearts. Both Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel reprised their roles of Anna and Anna, uh, respectively. Mm. And Roger Craig Smith, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, though not for much longer, mm-hmm. uh, played Sonic here. He also, in Kingdom Hearts, played Corporal, a DEA agent, and Trailer Boy. In Kingdom Hearts. Trailer Boy. Hmm. You know, the one that uh, in Monsters Incorporated says, Ma, Gator got in the trailer again. Okay. That scene is pretty much done again in this in the game. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Did you find anything about the Sheriff Kaylee's Wild West? No, I can't find anything. Unless it was 
Like it's done like early, like late. Oh, okay. Uh, this was from 2014 to 2017. Yeah, like I said, it's relatively recent. Yeah, relatively recent. Let me she, bring. This is between her original uh, original role in Tangled and Tangled the series. She plays a cat. She plays. <laughs> a, she plays a sheriff cat. Great. That's great. <laughs> Uh, Josh, uh, Jacoby in that is one of the pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean level in Kingdom Hearts 2. Just to let you know. Yeah. Apparently, it's a little kid show. Well, no kidding. <laughs> I probably could have told that, but I just thought, this, like, this is the weirdest reference on this entire list. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. For Mandy like, Moore. Like, what in the world? It's one of those things that you have to look this up. Yes. Well, so, Mandy you... Moore is a cowgirl cat. Awesome. Well, now that you're done looking at cowgirl cats, <laughs> why don't you tell us uh, some info and stuff about right. this movie? All right. So info and stuff. Uh, you can find this on Disney Plus. If you are a subscriber to Disney Plus. Uh, uh, it's always interesting when you talk with you, talk with some people be like, I'm boycotting Disney. <laughs> it's like who's boycotting Disney? Uh, quite a few people. I've missed this one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's for that's for another day. Let's not go into deep yes. politics with that. But just to say a lot of people have boycotted Disney for certain reasons. Uh, we don't. Over I the don't. Years. Over the years, they o- have. Over the years, they have. Over very. Oh, I know why you're. They, they're they're boycotting Disney. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Either way. Uh. So yeah, it's available on Disney Plus. Uh. At any time, anytime you can stream it, whatever. Uh. You can also buy it on like everywhere now pretty much i mean pretty much it if they still did the disney vault this has not been out long enough to make it in there yet yeah plus the balls that new yeah plus the balls been completely emptied by this point thankfully maybe i'm not sure streaming at least for streaming at least for streaming home video is another matter yeah please release tangled the series on blu-ray that's between shout factory and disney apparently (laughs) yeah come on shout factory do it do it. Do I don't it. know why Shout Factory gets all the TV releases. That makes no sense. I don't Disney know. should be able to do that themselves. That is true. But anyway. Yeah. Either way, uh, on IMDb, it has a 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is an 88. And its audience score is a 65. I wonder why. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, production was obviously by Walt Disney Pictures and Walt Disney Animated Studios. I did it right. <laughs> distributed Distributed by... Walt Disney Studio home, uh, Motion Pictures. It was released on November 5th, 2018 at the El Capitan Theater. And then uh, throughout the entire United States on November 21st, 2018. Box office wise, it had an estimated budget. Wow, that's a budget. Uh, $175 million. That's estimated. All right, so it's opening it's opening US box office which was on November 25th. Uh of the weekend of November 25th was 20 uh 25 56.2 million dollars. Its US gross was 201.0 million dollars. Its uh worldwide gross was 529.3 million dollars. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, 
was uh, released by Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment on digital on February 12th, 2019, and on Blu-ray and DVD on February 26th of the same year. Okay. So that's all I've got for in input stuff. Okay. I, I did want to point out that Ralph Breaks the Internet is the 57th animated feature by Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yes. Which, of course, started way back with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Wee 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 back in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Late 30s, early 40s. I don't remember the year. I'm too lazy to look it up. Because I could. It's right here. But anyway. Getting into the summary for this film. Rick, the movie Wreck-It Ralph was six years prior to this film. Ralph and Vanellope have stayed best friends since then, hanging out after work in Litwax Arcade. Ralph is content with their life, but Vanellope longs for excitement and expresses how bored she has become of Sugar Rush's mm-hmm. predictability. One night, Ralph sneaks into her game and makes a new track for her. Well, not one night. He did that one day in the middle of while everything was open, while he should have been in his own game. But this yeah, is come on. The point. Yeah, come on, Ralph. The next day, when Vanellope fights the arcade player's control to test the track, the cabinet's steering wheel breaks. As the company that made Sugar Rush is defunct, and the cost of a replacement wheel on eBay is too high, Litwack decides to scrap Sugar Rush and unplugs the game, leaving its citizens homeless, including a crestfallen Vanellope. With Fixit Felix and uh, Tamora Jean Calhoun's help, the Surge Protector finds home for all of Sugar Rush's citizens as a short-term measure as they figure out how to save the game. Remembering eBay, Ralph and Vanellope travel to the internet, a place where websites are represented as buildings in a sprawling city, avatars represent users, and programs are people via Litwack's new Wi-Fi router. They go to the search engine Nosemore to find eBay, where they end up winning the auction for the steering wheel by unintentionally spiking the price to $27,001. Jeez. They have just 24 hours to come up with the funds, or they will forfeit the bid and lose the wheel. On the way out, they run into and run into a clickbait salesman, J.P. Spamley, who offers them a lucrative job of stealing a car from Shank, the lead character in a popular racing-centered MMORPG, Slaughter Race. For those who don't know, MMORPG stands for Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. Mm-hmm. Would like to point out, I don't think it's technically an RPG, but let's move on. They steal Shank's car, but she stops them before they can leave the game with it, saying that they there are better ways than stealing to make money on the internet. She proceeds to make a viral video of Ralph and uploads it to video sharing site BuzzTube. She directs them to BuzzTube's head algorithm, Yes, after earning money for the video. At BuzzTube, Yes elates on Ralph's video popularity, and they come up with the idea of making more videos which will earn them the money for the wheel in no time if given enough views. Vanellope offers to help advertise the videos, and Ralph has Yes send her to Oh My Disney. There, while escaping the stormtroopers, Vanellope befriends the Disney princesses, being encouraged by them to discuss her sense of unfulfillment by reaching a musical epiphany. Ralph makes enough money to buy the wheel, but finds Vanellope talking with Shank about staying in Slaughter Race, having left home there due to its relative novelty and unpredictability compared to Sugar Rush. Ralph asks Spamley for a way to draw Vanellope out of the game and is brought to the dark web vendor, Double Dan, who provides Ralph with a virus, Arthur, that feeds off insecurities and replicates them. When Ralph unleashes Arthur into Slaughter Race, it replicates Vanellope's glitch, triggering a server reboot. 
Ralph, Shank, and the others help Vanellope escape before the game resets. Vanellope blames herself for the crash, but Ralph confesses to her the crash was actually his fault. Outraged, Vanellope disowns Ralph and throws away his hero cookie medal. As a guilt-ridden Ralph finds his now-cracked-in-half medal, Arthur copies Ralph's insecurities and starts making duplicates of Ralph. The clones overrun the internet in a DDoS attack, or direct denial-of-service attack, all chasing after Vanellope to keep her for themselves. Ralph saves her and attempts to lure the clones into a firewall, but they form a giant Ralph monster that seizes them both. Ralph comes to accept that Vanellope can make her own choices, letting go of his insecurities. This also causes the giant Ralph monster and the clones to disappear, and Ralph and Vanellope reconcile. Ralph gives half of the broken metal to Vanellope, and they bid each other a heartfelt farewell as Shank has arranged for Vanellope to respawn in Slaughter Race. Back in the arcade, Sugar Rush gets repaired, and Ralph partakes in social activities with the other arcade characters as he stays in touch with Vanellope over video chat, feeling content with his newfound ability to be independent. <coughs> Let's get into the trivia for this. Mary Costa, the, who is the only living original voice actress not to reprise her role as her Disney princess, Aurora, uh, she could not do this due to her age. Because uh-huh. she was 96. A little wow. hard to play a 16-year-old princess. Yes, just a little bit. There's a non-speaking Stanley avatar that can be seen in a brief cameo while traversing Oh My Disney. Mm-hmm. To get Vanellope's song really Disney-ish, Alan Menken was asked to compose it. Alan Menken, along with his songwriting partner, Howard Ashman, is responsible for the catchy tunes in Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, Pocahontas, The Beauty and the Beast, and others. Originally, the Oh My Disney website Ralph and Vanellope Visit was going to be the game series Disney Infinity, which came out in 2013. The Disney princesses were designed with this in mind. However, during production, the game series was canceled and the website location had to be changed. Which honestly explains why all those characters look the way they do on that. On that it does. Because they actually do match their Disney Infinity counterparts. They do. With the exception of Mer- uh, Moana and Tiana, whose characters were slightly changed at the request of their voice actresses. Really? Uh, Tiana was changed because her uh, model was a little lighter skinned and she had a wider nose than uh, the character did in the movie. Oh, okay. So they redid that one, and Moana's was uh, had been her skin was too light, also. Oh, okay. So they darkened it to better match the movies, but uh, theirs is now the only ones that don't match the Disney Infinity characters. Hmm. But at the same time, you have to remember those were printed on plastic, so that's that is why true. all the characters have lighter skin than mm. their counterparts. That is true. Anyway, Merida and Buzz Lightyear are the first characters from a Pixar film to make their first full appearance in a film not by Pixar. <laughs> I love that scene. That is hilarious. <laughs> when Vanellope runs along the corridors eluding the stormtroopers, Sector A113 is visible on the wall, referring to the infamous Cal Arts classroom A113, mm-hmm. where several Pixar animators and producers studied. Uh, This sequel takes place six years after Wreck-It Ralph, the same amount of time that passed in real life between the release of the two films. The sign outside Litwack's arcade verifies this further, which it once read in the first movie, Happy Fifth Birthday Susie, with the V, uh, with with a Susie being spelled with a V instead of a U, Mm. 
and now says at the beginning of this film, Happy 11th birthday, Susie. Still with the V replacing the U. Hmm. At one point, Ralph arrives at a sort of dumping ground for the internet and encounters relics of the web's past. These include an ad for web hosting site GeoCities, a large ship's helm representing Netscape Navigator, <laughs> and a reference to personal chat rooms which flourished before the advent of instant messaging and texting. Hmm. The princess's casual outfits all feature nods to their movies. For example, Meredith's shirt has all, also ha- has the image of a bear with the word mum on it. Mm-hmm. Also, when she speaks in the trailer, she's talking about the events of her own movie. But in this one, I am still not sure what she said. Well, she is from the other studio. Yeah, that's true. And also she's Scottish. Yeah, she is very Scottish. Um, Aurora's shirt says Nap Queen. Mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs> I didn't notice that. A pun on the completely... Oh, never mind. Uh, Elsa's guess... shirt says Just Let It Go. Mm-hmm. Moana's shirt says Hashtag Shiny. Mm-hmm. With a picture of Tamatoa at the bottom. Cinderella's shirt has an image of her pumpkin coach with the phrase G2G. Meaning gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. Tiana's shirt says uh, Nola or New Orleans. Nola. Snow White's shirt says poison with a picture of the poisoned apple. Mm -hmm. Anna's shirt has a picture of a sandwich on it and the words finish each other's. Okay. You don't get it, do you? Who was it again? Anna. Finished. Think about uh, Love is an Open Door, that song. Oh, yeah. Where they say we finish each other's sandwiches Uh, instead of sentences. Yeah. Mulan's jacket has images of Mushu embroidered on it. Yeah. Rapunzel's shirt has images of ducklings on it and says Snuggly Ducklings on the front. And her leggings have images of Corona's suncrest printed on them. Makes sense. Ariel's outfit harkens back to her mermaid form with her shirt being colored purple like her seashell bra Mm -hmm. and her shorts being colored green like her tail. The text on the shirt reads, Gizmos and Woozits and Whatsits and Snarfblats and Dinglehoppers. (laughs) And Galore? Nope. Galore's not on there. Oh, come on. (laughs) Pocahontas' shirt reads, Blue Corn Moon with a picture of a howling wolf Mm -hmm. and a nod to Colors of the Wind. Jasmine's shirt has Jeannie's hand signing the number three with the word wishes below it. Belle's tank top has a silhouette of the beast's head and the words beast friends forever below it. (laughs) That gives me some ideas. (laughs) So beast is apparently in the friend zone now. (laughs) Apparently. Oh, I feel so sorry for him. So, So sorry for Prince Adam. The Disney princesses scene is also filled to the brim with allusions to each princess's respective film. True. Pocahontas's hair seems to naturally blow in the wind despite being indoors. Mm-hmm. Also, the weapon she uses when she nearly attacks Penelope is the same one her father used, nearly used to execute John Smith. Mm-hmm. Mulan does an aerial kick when attacking Penelope, a nod to the ending shot from I'll Make a Man Out of You. Mm-hmm. Then she pulls out a sword and holds it overhead, stance that's the same way she did to Shan Yu on the palace rooftop. Mm-hmm. Ariel is combing her hair with a dingle hopper. Of course. The ladies ask Vanellope about her attributes as a princess. <laughs> Cinderella asks if, she's, if she talks to animals. Aurora and Tiana ask if she was cursed. Snow White asks if she was poisoned while holding out the evil queen's poisoned apple in front of a mirror. <laughs> Rapunzel and Belle ask if she was kidnapped or enslaved. 
Furthermore, Ariel asks if Penelope made a deal with the Sea Witch. Snow White asks if she had True Love's Kiss, and Jasmine asks if she has daddy issues. I don't remember that. I'm, well, no. Well, she does say that. I, I just but I'm just it. like, daddy issues? I guess. Uh, on a special note, Snow White says True Love's Kiss, just like one of the musical numbers in Enchanted. When Ariel asks Vanellope her question... She's seen raising her foot much like she did in her own movie after being turned into a human for the first time. Mm-hmm. The biggest the biggest one of these references would be the part when Vanellope mentions that she doesn't have a mom and a big group of the princesses <laughs> chime in that they don't have moms either. All the princesses in the shot are either orphans, Snow White, Cinderella, Anna, and Elsa, mm-hmm. or have widowed single dads, Pocahontas, Jasmine, Belle, and Ariel, while the ones who, who do still have a mom Tiana, Rapunzel, or both parents, Aurora, Moana, Merida, and Mulan, are the ones out of frame. Also, when Vanellope explains that she's a princess and asks, wait, what? The use of this line was a running gag in Frozen. Mm-hmm. And when all the princesses get ready to defend themselves when they, when they, make, when they mistake Vanellope as an intruder, Anna is the only one who raises her fists instead of a weapon in allusion to how she punched out Hans. Pop! That was so good. One of the last four films to feature Stan Lee released posthumously. Mm -hmm. The others were Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in 2018, Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel in 2019, and Avengers Endgame in 2019. The film contains over 150 unique sets and 5,726 assets. Mm. It also included the highest number of characters in any Disney animation film with 434 individual characters with 6,752 variants. One of the Disney animators who helped out to bring the Disney princesses into CG animation was Mark Henn. Uh-huh. He was also the original supervising animator for Princesses Belle, Jasmine, Mulan, and Tiana. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple more here, but I'm just going to use this last one to kind of end, uh, end it here. Okay. Much like the first film, one of the most famous gaming characters, Sonic the Hedgehog, has a cameo appearance... With his, uh, with his voice actor since 2010, Roger Craig Smith reprising his role. Though his sidekick, Miles Tails Prower, does not appear in this film, his previous voice actress from 2010 to 2014, Kate Higgins, does voice work for Princess Aurora, who she's been the current voice of since 2010s. Smith even voiced, Roger Craig Smith, even voiced Prince Philip since 2007. Really? Yes. Okay, so I want to bring a little trivia to you, actually. Mm -hmm. So the scene where Penelope is trying to elude the stormtroopers and she goes to the backstage and she knocks over Grumpy's what he's eating is a pie. Yes. Okay, that is actually a deep cut. That is a a reference and an homage to a deleted scene from um, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Because in the scene, that scene... um, Snow White apparently makes pie for the seven dwarfs. Ah, and so and that's Grumpy the, did not get one. I'm guessing. I don't know. It just be like apparently he just be like that. That's that's the reason that he's eating pie is for that deleted scene yeah. in the the movie that came out in 1937. That's an amazingly deep cut. That is a really deep cut. But um, there's another deep cut coming up here in my likes. Okay, but I'm gonna let you go first. All right. So my first like is 
what I describe as the internet, the internet, it's, it's vast as how it's designed. Mm -hmm. It's Blade Runner light. It is brighter than Blade Runner. Yes. Not in that regard, but it's, it's, it's layout and design. Be like, you look at it from different angles. It looks like Blade Runner. Okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, it's just there's now granted when you get down to like the the lower sections, and then it, it turns really into, gets into Blade Runner. It really turns Especially into a Blade in Runner. in the dark web. Yeah, definitely turns into a Blade Runner. Uh, I know the uh, during watching the special features. By the way, watch the special fe- special features. They're hilarious, and I'll, I'll bring up one of my uh, honorable mentions at the very end of that. Um, so like the design of the, the interweb itself, but like it's so vast and just the, 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 the form of travel, uh, how, how search engines work, mm-hmm. uh, and just the layout. Cause I was able to watch uh blade runner for the first time, I believe last year and watching this movie for the, for the second time. I see it clear as day. It's like, oh my gosh, because they didn't mention it at all, but I guarantee there was a lot of references to Blade Runner in this movie because you see certain shots and it's like, okay, that looks like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh my gosh, that, that kind of referencing, even though maybe not intentional, but I'm pretty sure there was some referencing to. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the way the internet is made in this world and how, because originally in a deleted in a uh, deleted scene or a, a deleted concept, uh, their first idea of the internet was going to be clouds. That makes sense because it's all on the cloud. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, my my number one like is the uh, the design of the internet or the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> What is your what is your first like? My first like Ralph Zilla. Yes. Or King Ralph. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> Let me explain to you how cool this how cool this is. Because here's the thing, I'm a kaiju guy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 to, the shirt you're wearing. Exactly. So I'm happy to see, especially this week, I'm happy to see any kaiju reference I'm gonna catch. <laughs> but this is an even deeper cut than that. So Let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Fix It Felix Jr. Mm-hmm. is obviously a inspir- it's, it was not obviously inspired by what game? Mario. No. No, Donkey that's Kong. Donkey Kong, that's right. Do you know how Donkey Kong that game actually got its start? Uh if I remember isn't it kind of based off King Kong? No. Let me explain. Okay. The original game when uh what happened was is Nintendo had a game, I think, called Radar Scope. Okay. That they had released over here. They were still trying to get their foot in the market mm-hmm. way back when. And that game, despite being incredibly expensive, was tanking badly. Mm. So they made a conversion kit to in order to put a different game in there, since they already had all this stuff over here, even though it wasn't selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hired a then, relative, then unknown... Uh, developer on their team one shigeru miyamoto yeah that name sounds really familiar wink wink to uh, design the game and his original concept was popeye okay it was going to be set up where pluto had 
sorry, not Pluto. Bluto had mm-hmm. kidnapped Olive Oil, and Popeye was going to climb the uh, scaffolding to mm-hmm. get to her. And instead of the uh, hammer power up, it would have been spinach mm, good. to give you that quick invincibility hit. Okay. And eventually, and we know this because that version of the game did eventually come out, but much later. Problem is, at the time, they could not get the license from King Feature Syndicate to feature those characters. Okay. So they changed them a little. Olive Oil became Lady. Okay. Would eventually become known as Pauline. Okay. Popeye became Jumpman, mm-hmm. who we more commonly know mm-hmm. as Mario. Mario. And Bluto became Donkey Kong. Kong. Now, Donkey Kong, when uh, Miyamoto was was uh, picking out the name, he, well, you know, he's Japanese. Mm-hmm. He wanted an English name, so he picked two words that, as far as he knew, would give players the idea of how of describing the characters. Because think about the other two were called Lady and Jumpman. Yeah. So he was trying to come up with a descriptive name for this thing, and he called him Donkey Kong. Donkey, because dumb, slow animal. Mm-hmm. And he picked Kong because he thought that was a general enough reference to Ape that most people would catch it. King Kong. Because of King Kong. Problem was, Universal did not like the use of Kong as part of the name, <laughs> so they sued Nintendo. Ironically... Not going to get too far into this, but uh, Nintendo, of course, did actually beat Universal at their home game, ironically, by citing a uh, a case in which Universal had against somebody else, where Universal used the same defense that Nintendo used in this one, ah. <laughs> to point out that they don't own the rights to King Kong, just the movie <laughs> King Kong. So who owns the actual rights to Kong? The actual rights to Kong are public domain. Even then, in the 1980s, it was public domain. Really? But the movie itself was still owned by RKO, which was at that time still owned by Universal. Universal. Mm-hmm. So. Which is now owned by Warner Brothers. No, actually, it's still, uh, they can use the character because of public domain, but they can't use any references to the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I don't remember who did Peter Jackson's King Kong, who put, that would have Warner Brothers too, I think. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So. Uh, I find it quite interesting that mm-hmm. a character based off King, based off of Donkey Kong, who was sued because it was too close to King Kong, got turned into King Kong. In <laughs> essence, <laughs> that that is... is the greatest reference I think in this entire movie. Agreed. Especially when he climbs Google Tower. <laughs> With Vanellope in hand. Yes. And then Ralph attacks him from a flying internet ship. I don't know what you call yeah. those things. Oh, yeah. It's definitely an homage. It's an homage. And it's great. So, yeah. I love the... They call him Ralph Zilla, I think. Yeah, they do. That's how they had called him internally. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think that fits. I have to go with King Ralph. But I think King Ralph is uh, copyrighted from somewhere else. Or just King Ralph Zilla. Ralph Kong. <laughs> Ralph Kong. Ralph Kong sounds better. Ralph Kong. (laughs) So, yeah. Ralph Kong is my first like. I got you. What's your second like? All right. So, my second like uh, would be the princesses. (laughs) Okay. 
second like was the princesses. Yes. Uh, the the fact that they they got so many of the original voice actresses mm-hmm. to reprise their roles as their um as their respected characters, and just the the way they played into like you said during the trivia to playing into their personalities and who they are, and um the fact that they they come to Ralph's aid as he's falling yes. when when he's you know uh when look he, there's a man in need. <laughs> And they all jump into action yes. and be like, it's just, it's just perfect. Which is a, it's a great joke until you think, yeah, they're just helping him because he, he's friends with Penelope and they help friends. Yeah, what's exactly. What's going on, actually. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I enjoy that part of the movie. There's, there's a ton of this part of the movie. I love to death. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, the princesses. I, I thought it was a really cool, great idea. The fact that they went into... Uh, my Disney. Uh, oh, my Disney. Oh, my Disney. To uh, for Disney World or or uh, uh, the Disney Empire. This yes. is certain to become called With allusions to all four properties that they've bought in the last couple of years. Yeah, Marvel, Disney, Marvel, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Muppets, and of course Pixar. Okay, so interesting little. Uh, trivia fact. Interesting how this came out the year before Endgame. Yeah. And what was featured as the symbol for Marvel? Iron Man's Gauntlet. Oh. I need to look at it again to see if there's any any stones in that gauntlet. Oh, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it either until just now. Oh my gosh. But you know they knew. They knew it. They knew this was going on. But uh, an interesting bit of trivia. Okay, when you get the big panning shot of the whole thing. You see uh, Mickey Mouse's sorcerer Mickey. Yeah, that's hand drawn by a by a hand himself. Mm-hmm. Be like he hand drew it just for the homage to. That makes uh, sense. Uh, oh come on! What is that? What is that movie? I'm feeling like a terrible sorcerer's apprentice. The sorcerer's apprentice. Yeah, that is hand drawn. Or are you thinking Fantasia? Because that would be yeah, the it's same it's it's the same difference. Fantasia. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's an homage to Fantasia and the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and it was hand drawn. So they just superimposed in that shot, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That is cool. Yeah. So yeah, mine is uh, definitely the uh, the uniting of the the Disney princesses, and just I, I thought it was just a really cool idea to bring them into the movie. I absolutely agree to the point that that's my, also my second one. <laughs> We think alike in some instances. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> um, but the thing is about that, I mean, we mentioned a lot of that, but it's not just them. Yeah. It's every other Disney reference in this movie. Agreed. There's, I mean, honestly, it. who else would be the, uh, who else would be telling the princesses that they have to be back on stage in five minutes, but C-3PO. Yeah. He's used, he was working for a princess all throughout the prequels. Yeah. And through the original trilogy. Yeah. And the sequels for that matter. Yeah, pretty much. He was already used to working for princesses. This yeah. was no different. They should have had Leia in there. But moving on. Yeah. Oh, that'd have been nice. Uh I love all the jokes with Goat. Oh. Mm-hmm. The fans asking these incredibly deep questions like uh Thor referring to Yggdrasil. And asking Groot if he is a cutting of Yggdrasil, no. which all Groot says is, <laughs> I, I am Groot. Groot. <laughs> and it keeps going. And then, of course, there is one of Vanellope's 
best line. She says, here, let me help you with this one. He is Groot. I am Penelope. Go meet my friend, Rat Ralph. <laughs> Amazing pitch. Amazing. Pitch girl. It worked perfectly. Yes. You, and you do. And uh, of course you got toys. You get uh, Tim Allen uh, with a archive voice for his Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get some deep cuts. I, that, there's that shot of the uh, Zoom Zoom logo, mm-hmm. which is, I don't even know what that is. I just know it's a Disney thing that shows up in the toy aisle all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I saw that in the background there. I love that Eeyore is just sitting out front. Yeah, <laughs> not getting involved. Oh bother! <laughs> Wrong character. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it might have fits me like every time I hear Eeyore. You the, think the, of Winnie the Pooh, which is fine. Or the fact he, he said, oh, bother one time. And that's just instantly stuck in my head. Except it's Winnie the Pooh that most have said, oh, bother. Yeah. But anyway. Either way. Uh, but yeah, I love all that stuff. All that oh, stuff. yeah. It's, it's the last hysterical. one I'm going to bring up, and of course, Disney references, happens before they leave Litwax Arcade. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Tron. Oh yes! <laughs> I, he, first off, after watching watching the movie, first, I was like, "Oh my yeah, gosh!" First off, a love that they used an exact recreation of the Tron light cycle cabinet. Yeah, for you know, for the out, outer shot, the fact that you go into it and it's Tron light cycle <laughs> arena from Tron, exactly <laughs> recreated, except for the glitch. <laughs> We will get to the glitch later. Yes, we will. Because I have some problems <laughs> when we get to dislikes. But right. for now, what is your third like? My third dislike is... Well, no, not dislike. Well, like. I mean, I meant like. Yes. You know what I mean. All right, my... Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. I realized there was one other thing with my second like. Go ahead. There's no place like Slaughter Race. Oh, yes. That song, despite the fact I hate what it leads to yeah agreed is the most is the greatest deconstruction of the disney princess dream song that's in oh the, every yeah absolutely princess absolutely movie. I, I thought that whenever i was watching it's the like, film it's, at some point you want to hate it you really do want to hate it because it's like this is so cheesy and corny and yet no this is her disney princess song mm-hmm I remember the first time I watched it, it's like, this is so silly. But no, this is what proves that she's a Disney princess. Yes. Which I have been saying for years. I'll even say it now, even though I have some other problems here in a minute. Yeah. But this is our proof that she is actually a Disney princess. Yes. And I still think they need to add her into the Disney princess toy line. Agreed. They won't. Kick Mulan out, put Vanellope in, and let's move on. Oh, yeah. Let's see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. It's not a princess. I, I agree with you, but it's not going to happen. I know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, just just wait. Now and... you're third. Thank dislike. you. Thank you. I'm All sorry. Right. I brought my notes up and go. Oh crap! I forgot about slaughter race. <laughs> All right, my third like. If my paddle stopped going down. <laughs> All right, my third like would actually be, uh, Ralphzilla. <laughs> You know, you can time this with mine <laughs> from time to time, time. like I do, because I rearranged everything to fit you. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, I've done two and three. I've yet to actually do one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm teasing you, Dom. No, 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 no. But the, 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 uh, the lead up to why we get uh, 
I like to call King Ralphzilla, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the the fact that uh, Ralph is so insecure that he is willing to do anything in order to uh, make sure Penelope stays with him mm-hmm. because of his insecurities, of his um, like not wanting things to change, and uh, that's understandable in a lot of ways for some people. I I was that way at one point. Uh, to the point where he he get he has a virus made or has a virus planted into slaughter race mm-hmm. and and the virus gets loose and then copies him yeah realizing his uh insecurity is his, bigger his insecurity is huge now, and so I would like to point out that insecurities in actual computers are not those things, but I'm fully aware vulnerabilities in the security firewall, but Hey, it works here. It does work here. And so it's this, this enormous emotional thing where, uh, Ralph's insecurities be, make him become the villain, make him become the villain in this movie. And I thought that was a really nice turn. I was thinking like, okay, it's going to be some character we've met mm-hmm. maybe like once or twice. He's going to become the villain. But no, I have expected it to be nose more since he was voiced by King Candy. Yeah, well, that's that would be odd, but meta, meta, extremely meta. But the idea they turned Ralph into his the bad, wor- guy. The bad guy, like he's supposed to be. Yeah, and the fact to be like it's it's Ralph who be like it's what I'm calling Red Ralph. Red Ralph just m- makes a mockery of everything and destroys everything. Just because he can't let go of Penelope. Ralph, the big red wrecker. Yeah, the big red wrecker. Exactly. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that to where it was to the point where uh, Rec, uh, Rexzilla. Rexzilla's good too. Rexzilla. There we go. Rexzilla. Rexzilla forms and is the possessive, uh, overly overly emotional character is that it's the 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 like almost pure possession of Penelope and not wanting to let her go mm-hmm. and it's Ralph coming to that conclusion that I need to let this go otherwise it's going to destroy something I love to death and uh that to me hit home like yeah. severely uh I don't want to go into it here cuz that's just that's that's a lot of stuff to go through and uh, it's be like that. That scene hit me so hard. Definitely at the end, where Penelope and Ralph are saying their goodbyes, mm-hmm. and I thought that was just so emo- so emotional. And sorry about the little kid uh, crying there for a moment. I don't think they could have heard it. Yeah, either way. Um, but either way, just that was such a. Uh, it was a tearjerker for me, and it, it just reminded me so much of my my own past, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so yeah, just a good rem- a good reminder for our listeners and those who are watching that it's like yes, we we do have friends out there. We have people we love out there, but sometimes we just need to let them go. That even even though it's a pain, it's it's a pain, it's going to hurt, but ultimately it's for your good and our good. Mm-hmm. Your good and my good. So, um and sometimes that pain lasts for years and sometimes be like the mistakes we mistakes we've done in our past that sometimes still haunt us in some fashion or form. But that also is um, room to grow, room to grow and allows you to 
uh, grow and mature. And uh, I don't think for me, definitely in my faith with Jesus Christ, uh, I don't think I could have really gotten through that without my uh, my faith and my uh, my insurance in Jesus Christ. So in that, uh, I would just say if if you if you truly 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 love somebody, you have to be able to let them go. Yeah, you gotta let them go. And uh, yeah, to this day. Uh, uh, it's, it's great when you see someone for, you know, maybe like the briefest moment, they used to be like, it's like, like, uh, like telling her son that, um, you know, oh, he's, he's my friend. He's mm-hmm. my friend. And yeah, it's, it's really comforting in that way. That'd be like, even though we be like, we all make mistakes, we all, uh, make errors. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful when you are forgiven, you are forgiven when you make mistakes in the same way that, uh, Penelope, you know, forgave Ralph for his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you see, I'm going a little deep on this one. <laughs> yeah. I noticed, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's this idea of letting go of letting go and growing through that experience. Don't hold it back anymore. Don't hold it back. Don't hold it back. Be like, yeah, there's, there's going to be pain. There's going to be sorrow, but in the end it is, it is going to, uh, be better in the end. So Twitch Joss said, thanks for coming to Jacob's Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) Just had to throw that out there. Uh, And all all I have to say at the very end is thank you, Sherry. All right. My third, like, I like how Felix and Calhoun raised their 15 children. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best joke in the whole thing. I I would agree with you there. At the beginning of the film, when they adopt the kid, all the other racers, and the surge protector <laughs> searcher says y'all do know what you're in for right it's like oh we'll be fine you just gotta give in to their every whim right give them yeah. what they want like, uh, no. no and then before ralph leaves felix for the first time goes to tappers and downs a whole root beer <laughs> and at that point it's like okay yeah this is not going to go well no at all but then you get to the end of the movie yes and they and those kids are the kindest, sweetest, gentlest creatures in this in the entire arcade. Yes. <laughs> to which the search director says, "I don't know how y'all did it." <laughs> and he says, and Felix goes starts going into this, and just as he's about to say, "Well, we start we do this," the race all the all the the racers drive past, <laughs> making loud enough noise where you can't hear what he says. Comes to us and then Calhoun says, and then you've got it. And then the other no. racers goes past. And then <laughs> the best part, the best part. <laughs> everything comes up and, says, and the search protector says, wow, I wish every parent could have heard, heard what you just said. <laughs> it's like, that is so wrong. And yet it's hilarious. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway. Yeah. That's my third. Like, all right. So before that, I want to give some honorable mentions. Uh, the in credit scenes. Yes, I do want to bring up the best tribute to every cut scene in any film yes. that we've seen in trailers. Because they they come up and you see those two characters from the trailer and you go, this is weird that they're bringing them up now since they weren't in the movie. Yeah. And, and it's just saying, well, honey, how'd you like the film? Says, well, there was a trailer from the, there's a there's a scene from the trailer that didn't make it in the movie, and that, that made, made me sad. sad. Three, two, one. one. Play the scene, <laughs> and that's still funny. 
despite the fact I saw that trailer 15 times back in the day. And I'm just watching that rabbit thinking, oh, I feel sorry for you. the look on the rabbit's face when she yeah. says, when Penelope comes out and says, look what I found. You see that look of dread over his face. It's like, oh man, I wish we could have seen what this scene originally was supposed to be in context because there's something happening here. Oh man. Uh, and then... Oh my gosh. The best Rick Roll. Yeah, Rick that's Roll. Never been done. Yes. I hadn't even been thinking of Frozen 2 when this movie came out. I was. <laughs> I know you were. But I realized, oh yeah, Frozen 2 is coming out. Yeah, everyone's going to want to see the trailer for this. I'll yeah, stay around and watch the trailer. <laughs> the minute they said click here, I thought, <laughs> I was nope, like, no, 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 no. Not what we're going to see. And I kind of already knew it was going to be Rick Astley. Yeah. Except not Rick Astley. It was Ralph Astley. <laughs> Sorry, I took over your thing. No, 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 you you did great. Uh, also, there there is a great scene. Uh, I don't know if you can watch these on uh, Disney Plus, but I have the uh, the Blu-ray. Uh, he has, obviously has the uh, has the four K Blu-ray. He's the four K Blu-ray. Uh, there is a great. Um, it's a uh, apparently it's a very early. They're early in the stage of working on the movie, and so they for some reason they got stuck on cat videos. And so they of made. Of course, it's the internet. It they, runs on cat videos. <laughs> they made their own cat videos. Duh! <laughs> you had to put cat videos in in this movie. Yes, they they made some, and they are hysterical. They are so good. So you know what this movie really was missing though to put it right over the the top. What? Angry grumpy cat. Hanging, they hanging out with grumpy. That would have been hysterical. They at the very end during the credits. Yeah, you can see a, a grumpy cat character. Yes, illustration, but it's not tartar sauce herself. No, it's not tartar sauce. But that those videos are hysterical. If you can get a hold of them, either through its physical media or on Disney Plus, go watch it. It's hysterical, mm-hmm. and I, I find myself just laughing my head off. It's like, oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Because that's what cats do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just the the genius of uh, Disney imagination and just cat videos. It's great. Yeah. It's great. So yeah, that's my that's our, my and his honorable mentions. Yes. So dislikes. Dislikes. I'm letting you go first because you have you, you're the one who pointed this out to me originally. Yes. And I, and more thinking as, especially after watching this film, Mm -hmm. I have additions to the problem. Yeah, I do too. This film has, but you go first. All right. And then I'll turn this into the horror movie. It actually is. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) on both ends. All right. So as, as most people know, uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Mm -hmm. the first one, uh, the whole premise is going turbo. Yeah. And how you shouldn't do that. How you shouldn't do that. It wrecks games. It mm-hmm. wrecks lives. And uh, and so our, our main pro- antagonist of King Candy, a.k.a. Turbo, is, you know, where we get the term Turbo from. Yes. And it's emphasized. Turbo in Turbo time. Yeah, it's emphasized throughout the entire movie how going Turbo is a bad thing. And so you have this built-in canon where it's a major point in the canon. You have yeah. to sit there wondering why are they not remembering this? Yes, exactly. So in Ralph breaks the internet, 
Penelope goes turbo. Vanellope. Vanellope. Sorry. Vanellope goes turbo, and it's fine. Okay. So, so here's what I went on a logic thought process today, trying okay. to think about this. Oh, yeah. Because in I my, thought about it, too. In my mind, I was trying to come up with a rationalization of how this was not her going turbo. Okay. Because I couldn't imagine the writers of this being the same writers of the first movie mm-hmm. could not have had that in their mind when they were making this character. Mm-hmm. The only way I can get it is that uh, is the fact that there is a form of being introduced into somebody else's game where you're not technically going turbo. And that mm-hmm. is when you do not destroy or cause problems with the game itself. Yes. That causes it to be unplugged. Or in the case of what we're going to get to a slaughter race being completely rebooted. Mm-hmm. And I do mean completely rebooted. Um, and there is proof that this exists in the first movie mm-hmm. because Qbert and all his friends who were gameless in the first movie. Yes. Because their machine got unplugged years ago. Yeah. They come up in the bonus stages for, for Felix Jr. Right. At the end of it. This works only because of one simple, solitary thing. What's that? It's only affecting one instance of their fix of Felix Jr. game. That is true. It's just the version in Litwax Arcade. Mm-hmm. It's not every version of it. So that if there is one change, if there's one that's got all this, you could conceivably consider it a mod by the humans and... Maybe no one will care because it's not yeah. really affecting anything. Yeah. There's no intellectual property being damaged or used irresponsibly. Put that in the back of your mind. Yes. Continue. Okay. So in the course of the film, Vanellope is complaining that her game has become boring. She knows everything about it. She's grown What's 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 a good word? Bored. Bored. That's a good word. Bored. <laughs> Bored of her own game. And so I when mean, she's been doing it for six years. So yeah, she's done it for six years. But like, yeah, she it's knows not the, a game that's going to be getting updates. Yeah, that is true. So. So throughout the course of the movie, be like uh, her game is unplugged. She's homeless. And her and Ralph go to the Internet. They discover Slaughter Race. And how much more fun Slaughter Race is to her own game. And so, Vanellope now decides that she wants to be part of Slaughter Race now. Now, before we get farther than that, I know I keep interrupting, but it's because I have points to add. Okay. I thought when I originally was watching this movie, Mm -hmm. that because Gal Gadot and her gang Mm -hmm. were, you know, obviously gang members... Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird mix of Fast and the Furious and Grand Theft Auto. You got you had to say, you you happen to say Fast and the Furious. I have to because Gal Gadot and and uh, Vin Diesel are in this movie. Yes, they are. And they're in that movie too. Yeah, they are. Just gotta put that out there. That is true. But it's obviously that mixture of those two th- two two concepts. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, these are gonna be the obvious villains who are going to get Vanellope off on the wrong road. And it's going to lead to her detriment. And they're the villains. That could have been. I expected Shank to be the main villain. That would have been a nice twist. Halfway through this movie. Yeah. And then our, and then, uh, 
he, uh, Ralph goes down to the dark web and we know what happened there. Yeah. But I was expecting that to be the case and it was going to be that she had to learn. Yes. Wanting change is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but one should be careful where one goes. Cause obviously they look like gang members. It looks like this is the evil side of things. Now, granted, that's not what they're doing with this. Yeah. Movie. But that's kind of where my mind was going when I mm. originally watched the movie. Yeah. And honestly, it kind of feels like that was where it was going to go the second time, despite the fact that I knew how the movie ended. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So by the end of our film, be like uh, Ralph's virus, you know, does shut down slaughter race. And so they have to very quickly exit uh, Vanellope from the game. Otherwise, she'll be deleted. Mm-hmm. So when the game is rebooted, uh, for some reason, now that she, uh, Vanellope is dead set that she wants to be part of Slaughter Race, Shank can somehow reset the game to where she's now part of the game itself. I'll get into that here in a minute. Yes. So now Vanellope has abandoned her own game, even though in the very beginning of the film, uh, like you take the very end of record Ralph Ralph himself says she's the most popular character in the game. Yes. And then you start this movie. Uh, one of the girls says be like pick Vanellope. She's the best character with her glitch. Mm-hmm. And then Vanellope has the gall to say, there's 15 racers. They're not going to miss me. Yeah, they're not going to miss her. Right. Yeah, exactly. You you are the most popular character on that game. Now, granted, you are a... What, now, granted, a, a, the popularity of that game has gone a little downhill in the last six years since... Yeah. In the first game, it was a... Brand a new versus, console. A versus machine. Yeah. We so had two different yeah, they screens. Changed. In this one, it's a single machine. So they probably had to sell the other half of the machine at some point. Probably. So here is the main problem with this, this whole concept. She goes turbo and there's no problem with it. There are huge ramifications for this. And I I know where you're going with this. That's why I'm I'm letting you get it, get it done. Okay. So my problem is she has literally destroyed her own game because of her selfishness. Uh Like the, the fact to be like, your game is six years old. It's a very surprising that Felix uh, Fix the Felix Jr. has it's been around for at this point thirty six years. I, uh, well, it's been six years since that game. I don't think that was a new game. No, in the first movie, I think it had been there at least two or three years. It had been there for a number of years. It had to have been there for a number of years in order for King Candy to be able to get in and hang out. Because I think he says something like twenty. One has to wonder what Turbo was doing in between that time. Yeah, so there's 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 a good amount of time. Well, the fact that, like most arcade games, unless they are like upkeep and all this stuff, like there's a high output with these things. Be like, you can't keep them forever. No. Most of them they go they go into they go into uh 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 personal collections and all that kind of stuff. They don't stay in arcades. Uh, unless- well, I, in this in 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 the United States, a lot yeah. of times the arcade, especially in the more recent years, mm. they stay in the arcade until the arcade closes permanently. Yes, exactly. Or in most cases, they're not actually owned by the arcade. They're owned by vending uh, companies. Yes. 
and they will move stuff around from time to time. Yes. So in order to get stuff to play better. Yeah. So it takes a while, but it will eventually should go to a, to somebody who is, we, you hope it goes to somebody who actually take care of it. In most cases are already too worn out. Obviously Litwack is a lover of this technology mm-hmm. and has done his best to keep it all in perfect working order. Yeah. Which is amazing since his shop faces the sun and that should have faded all those CRTs at the back of the store, including Fexit Felix Jr. Should have. Into oblivion, but that's beside the point. Yeah, that's true. So the fact that now... I'm just saying a real arcade would have had curtains or yeah, they would some have. light blocking thing from yeah, the outside. But exactly. Anyway. You, you, had to, you had to get your, you know, your nice outside light shots. I understand that. It's yeah. Just, plus, good night. How's nobody broken in there and stolen something yet? Exactly. But... It's, it's a Disney movie. I know. I'm overthinking that part of it. Yes. So That's not the part to overthink. We're talking about the part to overthink. Yeah. Because so, it's literally a problem with the movie. Yeah, it's a huge problem with the movie. Now that uh, even uh, Mr. Woodwack, Woodwack? Litwack. Litwack. Litwack has said when the controller was broken and it's going to cost 200 some dollars to mm-hmm. you know, get a replacement, that's more because than... Because that's the, on eBay and because the company... That originally made Sugar Rush is Sugar Rush is out of business. Yeah, I'll get more into that in my yes. part. So be like, apparently it costs more than two. It'd be like it costs more money to re, to uh, be like the the, the game it would to, cost more money to repair it than to throw it out. Yeah, exactly. Or to scrap it for parts. Exactly. So the honestly the, a horrible decision one has to make, but an understandable one. Exactly. So at this point. The the wheel the wheel has been replaced, and so now Vanellope is now in slaughter race, but apparently that's fine. No, it's not. So now you have a game which she is a bit like its own princess has abandoned its own game in order to go live her dream of be like I want to do something different. Yeah, I, I want to play in a play sandbox. Uh-huh. Now you have condemned your own game to death. Because I guarantee within a couple of weeks, people are going to be like, where's Penelope? Where's Penelope? No one's not going to forget this character because you have kids coming there. on the side ev- of the cabinet. Yeah, exactly. Like it mentions in the in Wreck-It yeah. Ralph. Now, they, I would like to point out, this is a yeah. note. However long King Candy was in control, Penelope, despite being on the side of the machine, mm-hmm. was not playable. Yeah. We don't know how long that is, but it had to be at least a year, I'm assuming. Yeah, something like that. And that didn't cause a problem, but that was also before the character had her glitch powers. Yeah. So on that on that note, the the fact that um Vanellope was a known character mm-hmm. in the game, even though she couldn't play, she was a known character to the other pl- the other racers. And also 2012 is when the first one came out. Mm-hmm. The internet was a thing even then. It was. So somebody, I assume, would have Googled that game and learned a lot about it because this is how I am. So I assume there are people out there like me. Yeah. And they're going to notice that, hey, for some reason, this game has a character who was never in it, who's not listed. Yeah. And one of the characters never shows up. What's up with that? Yeah. That would have come up. That would have come up. I agree with you. There's a, there's a lot of logic kind of just swept under the rug with these films. Uh, and so now. Well, the logic's about to shine here in a second. Oh yeah. 
Well, the fact that like now Vanellope is gone, she's mm-hmm. the most popular character in that game. I'm fairly certain that game would probably be doomed. So we've you've talked we've talked about why Vanellope leaving Sugar Rush is a bad thing. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah. How this goes. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay. Best, best case scenario. Uh, Sugar Rush lasts for another six years until something else breaks on it that at, that you can't eBay apart for. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming. Yeah, these things you be these like things don't last forever. No, they don't. Uh, something happens and the characters go gameless anyway. And all that time, nobody's noticed Vanellope is gone, and Sugar Rush lasted as long as it would have had Vanellope come back. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah, best case. And honestly, I think that's probably what would ha- what's going to happen. Right. In this case. Even in that scenario, there's only two ways this goes for Vanellope herself. Okay. Way number one. Either A. First off, do you know how online games work? A little bit, yeah. Okay, let me go into a bit of detail here. There's only one instance, probably, of this game. They They show no other additional servers, so I'm assuming this is a one world web game. Okay. There are people... I, and I do this sometimes myself, that stream these video games. Yeah. Somebody, more than likely, maybe not those first two, because maybe they were just kids and weren't thinking, we don't see them recording anything. Yeah. But somebody's going to be playing this, and they're going to happen to, or they'll be recording it, or they're streaming it, and they're going to be going after Shank's car. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get stopped by Vanellope Von Schweetz mm-hmm. in her green... Admittedly, awesome-looking green car. Oh, yeah. It's a very well-designed car. Yeah, definitely for that character. For that character in that world. They're going to come across that. Somebody is going to notice that clip and say, Hey, that character looks familiar. Yeah. Isn't that Vanel- Princess Vanellope from, Sugar- from that uh, kart racer game from a couple years back? Sugar Rush. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, this also happened. This character started showing up here this around the same time that the Wreck-It Ralph virus attacked, mm. nearly destroyed the internet. internet. Yeah. Putting that out there. That's oddly weird. Yeah. And so that's going to get around. People are going to notice that, uh, you know, things have happened. Best case scenario, let's just assume that the company that went out of business... Sugar that own Sugar Rush, own mm. the intellectual property rights to to Sugar Rush. Yes. Let's say they got bought out by the company that, that owns that that owns Slaughter Race. Yeah. At that point, yeah, it's weird the thing showed up, but hey, it doesn't break any any laws. No one cares. The character stays in there for say the next ten years. Game shuts down because games. Actually, if the game lasted ten years, I'd be amazed. Yeah. But let's say the game gets lucky and it doesn't become a you know, a, 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 a fast burning game. It actually lasts a while. He lasts 10 years, goes down. Hopefully Vanellope gets out before they turn the game off and she's able to maybe come back to Litwax. Yeah. Best case scenario. That's the best thing that's going to happen for her. Right. And she's, and she's going to be stuck living with Ralph anyway. Yeah. Or she'll find somebody else to hang out with. Who knows? But what about the worst case scenario? Yeah. They at the end of the movie, she says that the game is going to be patched. Yeah, in three, three months. months. Mm-hmm. What if they don't own the intellectual property rights to Sugar Rush and have use of the character of her? What if the people who do own the intellectual property rights to her character 
have sued Slaughter Race, the owners of Slaughter Race, mm-hmm. for misuse and misappropriation of their intellectual property, property, which they would be legally allowed to do. Yeah. Which means that three month period, there may be a patch before that that takes her out. Yeah. They may not know it's coming until it's there. And all of a sudden this Vanellope Von Schweetz is dead. Is gone. Because yeah. she was patched out of the game because nobody knows who added her code there. Yeah. It's not supposed to be there. It could be something else. It's, it's a hack. It's not what the game developers intended. Mm-hmm. They take her out. Vanellope's dead. Yeah. And because there's a very good chance they would have ch- made that change. That could have been a hot fix. The game wouldn't even have to go down for that to happen. Wow. And the character's just gone. Because the only way Vanellope's safe is if she's not in the game when they delete her code. Yeah, she'd be literally in the internet. Right. That's the only way she survives. More than likely, she's going to be in-game at the time, and she'll only have until that instance of her character gets respawned. Mm -hmm. And then she's gone. Yeah, she won't respawn because her code's not there anymore. Yeah, and it's just the it's the same equivalent as if she died outside of Sugar Rush. Yeah, because she did. Mm-hmm. That's the bad part about this. This is not just bad for Sugar Rush. It's bad. It's for bad for her. her. Exactly. It is the worst possible. Th- it's it's short sighted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's like ninety percent of most of the problems I have with this film is how short sighted. Agreed. It is. It only, this game, this movie takes place in less than 24 hours. Yeah. And it's only, and and as far as we know, the characters are only going to be good for about another week before something else can happen. Yeah. There's, I sincerely doubt, this is not a good idea on her part, no matter how you cut it. Yeah. It, It will not affect in any meaningful way I think Slaughter Race itself. So it's not like the times when Turbo went Turbo. Yeah. Or when Ralph nearly went Turbo, where yeah. he li- where they both literally took down two games. True. She was only going to, at best, at worst, I mean, kill one game. But she was also going to kill herself in the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, it's used- That's the biggest problem with her going Turbo. I agree. Also, it's this idea of... Uh, Instant gratification, the, the mm-hmm. one of the chromes. Following are, your heart, it will always lead true. Bull hockey! Exactly. It's the closest way I've gotten to cussing in this show. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's like you said, it's the most short-sighted, very and that's the very biggest, selfish idea and that's to the do. The biggest problem with this movie is A, it's not teaching a good message. No. And B, it's the exact opposite message the previous movie taught. Exactly. It is literally the antithesis of what the previous movie taught. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the th- big $30 word. Yeah. So this, this idea that, uh, uh, like the, the princess would be like, you know, what your song is and be like, she comes up with slaughter race or, uh, well, and yeah, and that makes sense. It does make sense. That that's maybe not slaughter race itself, but something like that, that she can't get in sugar rush. That is fair. It I is understand fair. that. I've been there. Yeah, we all have. Ralph was there too. Yeah. And Ralph, while he didn't exactly explain his what his thoughts, he could have been there. He it would have been better if he had just sat her down and said, Look, this is what I went through when we met. Yeah. Yes, I know it sucks knowing everything, but you, you have a reason for being there. 
Heck, she's a player character. Yeah. And she's a her, favorite character. And it's her fault the game is messed up. Yeah. Not Ralph's. Yeah. Ralph was just doing the best he could. He was trying to be a good friend. Yeah. She's the one who fought back against the player. That is true. This movie is her fault. That is true. This went just a lot further than I thought it would be. Because <laughs> it has to. If it you, does. When exactly. you logic this out, you realize Vanellope is the problem. Yeah. And she, her, she does not grow. I have actually now jumped into my second dislike. I apologize. No, you are good. You are good. Go Vanellope for it. Vanellope is the worst character in this film. Oh, nice she, bird. Continue. She... In the first movie, if you take the first movie by itself, I have said many times she is my favorite Disney princess. Agreed. Raya beat her recently, I yeah. think. I haven't gotten a second viewing of Raya yet to really know this, but mm -hmm. going off of Ralph, Record Ralph 1, she was my favorite princess. Now she's my most hated character, not just in these two movies, but maybe most Disney. Oh, wow. She has p made me that mad at her because she's a brat. Mm. She doesn't learn a lesson in either movie. She has no character growth from her initial appearance in Wreck-It Ralph, which I did not realize until I started thinking about it. Wow. Because at the end of this movie, she is the same as when she, was in, when she first showed up. She's still the same brat who's trying to get her way. That is true. And that's all she was doing in the first one. Now, in the first movie, you feel sorry for her. You do. She's gotten a bad rap. She has nothing to complain about other than being bored. Yeah, exactly. In this movie. She is the most... She, she's not a good character. Yeah. She's... An incredibly... She no, every other character in this series, including King Candy, has more growth. Wow. Than her. The only characters who don't are the extras and the cameos who can't change. Every other Dang. character has more character growth. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's more of that Vanellope. I would agree with you. She is a very selfish character. She doesn't learn. Mm -hmm. She, she is her own ambitions is for her own goal. It's not be like, what What do I do to better everybody else? No, it's her selfish ambition. Yeah. And it's, it's She's that. She's only worried about herself. Yeah. She doesn't care about her she, own game. She cared about Ralph because yeah. Ralph was the first person who treated her like a normal person. Yeah. Who treated her like she was. She had the same problem he did and that she was misunderstood. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a relationship and they're probably the only two that really understand what the other's going through. Yeah. The difference is Ralph grew. He did. He matured. Penelope didn't. And that's what annoys me about her character. It I agree. It makes her the most hated character I can think of in Disney right now. Wow. That, that is... Because even the evil stepsisters, every villain in Disney, starts their journey in one place and ends it in another. Yeah. Penelope doesn't move an inch. Everything happens to make her life better. She does nothing to grow herself. I would agree. I would agree with you. I'm, I'm fairly certain there's probably some people out there that would argue the with... chicken from Moana is a better oh, than Penelope. Yeah. 
okay, that one may that, be a stretch. Yeah, that, that's a that's just a little bit of a stretch. That's a little bit of a stretch. Wow. Yeah. I was trying to think of there's got to be some character who I wow. have we, that we both are not big fans of. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, anyway, I have. But dude, that, that was like the biggest, like. I'm sorry. Props, like extreme she, props. And I'm, I'm the forgiver of yeah. this thing. I forgive a lot of crap yeah. in movies. I can't forgive this. I can't forgive that she does not grow a micro, a, a Yota. Trying to think of the word, a Yota meter. Yota meter. You know what a Yota meter is? No. It is the smallest unit of measurement in the metric scale. Really? Length. Oh. Yota meter. A Yoda meter. She does not grow one Yoda meter in these films. And that annoys me. Wow. That's deep for a, a, a dislike. Like extremely well is, done. Well played. It is. And that's, that's what's weird because the rest of the movie I enjoy. Yeah. But her, she annoys me. Agreed. She's not growing. Anyway, wow! Your second dislike. My, I don't, I don't know how to come back from that. Wow, <laughs> that, that was incredible. Uh, there again, my pad is going up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you put your notes in a weird order. <laughs> I do. I do. Well, my my. my I know my, what it is. You write the movie. You watch the movie and you write your notes first mm-hmm. for the movie. Yeah. And then you get all the news and all the info. Exactly. And stuff. That's why it's in that order. Exactly. So, kind of speaking of vanilla. Speaking of, okay, so I understand that her glitch is a big thing. Why does she still have her glitch? Uh, that's actually explained in the first movie. Okay. In the first movie, uh, you know, her code was messed with by yeah. Turbo. Yes. And it was pushed out to, you know, away from everybody else. Yes. So she was still one would assume getting experiences off screen and growing in that way. And that is the part of her programming. That's that that's stuck. dominance. Yeah. When the game reset. Yeah. Because when the game reset, she, she, her code was stabilized. It did add back in her princess outfit, her title and her everything, title, everything else, everyone's memories, all that came back. But, it was added to the code that was already there. Yeah. Which included. I would agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It's just like, I'm watching this film because I would say glitch is worse here than it is in the first movie. I I agree. I agree. It's more tied to her emotions. Yeah. The first movie, it's not tied to her emotions at all. It just happens at random times. Yeah. And she does finally get some control over it. Yeah. But now it's tied to her emotions for some unknown reason. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, it was just a, it was a little more. I was a little more confused. I was like, "Why does she still have her glitch?" I mean, I understand it was kind of a cool thing, but why is her glitch even more glitchier? So yeah, this it's more of a nitpick. It's just like yeah, it's okay. She's a little more glitchy. Okay, and I understand why because oh, it makes her character a little more cooler. That's about it. Pretty much, it's her, it was what made her unique. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Now, granted, that's more of a nitpick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my number two. Glitchier uh, Von Sweets. <laughs> my third dislike. Yeah. What's going on at the arcade during all this time? 
Okay. This is a nitpick. Okay. I will grant you. But we got to know all of those characters, namely Felix, Calhoun. Mm -hmm. Those two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a story there, them raising those kids. I would love to see. Yeah. There is events going on there. There's You could have had a flashback to... Uh, we didn't even get a flashback to the wheel arriving and yeah. Litwack being confused. In fact, after Litwack's avatar goes into the internet, we never see him again the rest of the movie. Yeah, true. What happened back there? I, I know it's not important to the overall story. Yeah. But I would love to know mm -hmm. how what's going on back there because there's... We got to know them last movie. Yeah. And they are, with the exception of Ralph and Vanellope, they're all sidelined. Agreed. And that's annoying. That, uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that's that. That's just an annoying thing. That's a nitpicky thing because I I'm, I was looking for, a dis, for more dislikes after my hatred of Vanellope ran hot <laughs> and trying to complete stuff out. But yeah, it's... We have no, we stay so long with Ralph and Vanellope that we don't get anything back home. I would completely agree with you on that. And the kind of you know, um, and, and I think there's a reason for this. Okay, I th and this is another little mini rant I'm about to go on. Okay, fair warning. Ran away. I think this film was written with the idea: Hey, what would what's better than just uh, arcade characters interacting with each other and having a story based around that. Why don't we have them go to the internet? Yeah. Do we want to make a new sh new characters? Says, no, let's just use the old ones. Okay. How are we going to get them to the internet? Well, here's we'll just you know have them go through a Wi-Fi router. How are they going to get to the Wi-Fi router? Oh, it'll be plugged in. Why are they wanting to go to the internet? Oh, well, I don't know. The wheel on Sugar Rush broke, and the only way they can get it is to go to eBay. Or whatever the auction site was before eBay signed online, mm. signed, on, signed on to the film. Everything, everything's like we we were here and we've got to get to the internet, so we're just going to rush by all this stuff before that point as fast as possible. I would agree with you on that. In my mind, if you're going to do something like that, skip all that stuff. Go straight to. Hey, I wonder, straight to Ralph saying, hey, I bet you're wondering why we're on the internet and not back at Litwax. Well, let's go over that and do a five second scene. It's like, oh, this is what happened. This is why we're not there. Yeah. You don't even have to bring all those voice actors back. Sonic can just stay chilling on his island for all that matters. Yeah. Eat some chili dogs. Exactly. You don't even have to bring him in. Let Zangief rest. <laughs> You don't even have to. That's the thing. I've seen sequels where they only wanted to focus on the two mains and everyone else. Yeah. There, and they just put them to the side. I've seen movies like this before where they literally just start off where they want the movie to be and just have a vague mention of what happened. They spent so long trying to get to the Internet that the fact that we never come back from the Internet until the very, very end sticks out. Agreed. If you're going to have, you can't just have introduced characters for five minutes and then not show them for 90% of the movie. You can't do that. Uh, excellent. That's just my opinion. I agree. Uh, you know, kind of picking back, picking, picking backing off your, your three, the, the fact to be like, for me, I was kind of missing the, uh, the, the more backstory of like what happened to all these other characters mm -hmm. that everybody else did get sidelined. 
and it was annoying. It was aggravating because there again, like you said, but we got to know all these characters and and some of those characters are more interesting than Ralph and Penelope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Calhoun. Felix's and Calhoun's story in the first movie is a, is great writing. Yeah, exactly. And them falling in love is a great side story. It's I can't see a whole movie based on what they were doing. Yeah. But it's a great side story. It's one of the best moments. But, but it's one, some of the best moments in that movie. Ralph and Penelope is just like, yeah, this is what's going moving the plot along. This is the story we're following. I still say they're not the most interesting characters. Yeah. I say they could have done maybe. And then this, they, they still could do a. Uh, I, th- I think there's a third. Okay. I think they've got to make a third Wreck It Ralph movie, and if they do, it could save this movie. It could. It could redeem all of my complaints about Vanellope by showing the consequences of her actions. Yeah. And them having to come back and somehow save the day. Agreed. Completely agree with you. On I don't that. think they're going to do it, but I think that, I, I think I think it would I think be a good idea. Feels like they were laying the seeds for that. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, there again, it took six years to do the second one. Yeah, so it could be another three to four years before they do another one. We don't know. We don't know. Anyway, do you have a third dislike? Yes, I do. All right, now, granted, this is a severe nitpick, and anybody who's on social media knows this. If you are on social media, are definitely the, you know, the, uh, let's just say it, Twitter is not that fun. <laughs> no, it is not. Here's the thing. I actually love the visual. Yeah. The birds. Yeah. Tweeting and then them sharing the tweets out. It doesn't work that simple. <laughs> no. Because let's face it. I try to get stuff out to Twitter. I forget sometimes. At least to, you know, put out the episode, to advertise the episodes mm-hmm. for the few people who follow us on twitter mm-hmm. i forget i don't even know what i'm looking at when i open twitter at this point yeah of course half of that's because i'm looking at everything you followed through our thing and it's like uh what <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who this is oh wait i'm on the cellcast one i need to switch back to mine <laughs> these, these people i know who they are right so this twitter is a minefield that is so destructive and so chaotic. It, like it's a uh, it's a it's it's a uh, it's a den of vipers to use a, a more of a theological term or a biblical term, a den of vipers. Well, if we're going to use a, a term that works for this movie, you could say it's a hive of scum and villainy. That is true. That is so true. The 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 a fa- wretched hive of scum of and villainy. villainy. That is so true. That is incredibly true. Just uh, like. I understand you are wanting to make a nice, friendly movie. I, I get it. That's where Disney does. And thankfully, they only made the one joke about Twitter and they moved on. Yeah. But that's also the only social media site they showed. Yeah, except for like the comment, the comments in, uh, in Buzz you, yeah, BuzzTube. In BuzzTube. And yeah, you don't read the comments unless you're us and have to know what people are actually saying. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Ralph should be reading the comments. He's the content creator. That is true. He needs to know how people feel, no matter how horrible it, fe- it hits you. Yeah. Like, even though that's a really we good... We read comments. Y'all need to comment more, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> your your comments would be... Appreciated. Much appreciated. Tell us we're scum for all I care. Just talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not scum, but... <laughs> 
I'm hoping it's something as nice as scum. Yeah. At the worst. Yeah. Look, yeah. Twitter I, blows up. Be like, did you listen to those podcasters? <laughs> they were horrible. Oh, then, then Twitter gets after us. We, 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 we dare to say yeah. bad things about Twitter. Oh, I don't care about Twitter. <laughs> I'm not saying Twitter. I'm saying any comment section that we're yeah. connected oh, gr- to say something. Agreed. <laughs> Believe uh, it or not, especially if you're on Apple podcasts, that helps. If you comment, yes. just give us five stars before you drag us through the mud. That's all I ask. <laughs> but anyways, Actually, I'll take anything at this point. Yes, exactly. So we have the, one review on, on Apple podcasts right now. So, so the, uh, the, the, uh, representation of Twitter, like it's, it's fun. Be like, that's more like a really like, it's a re- cute visual. Gag. It's a cute visual gag, but it it's not like Twitter. Twitter is actually it's not like. Twitter. Twitter is I like wish it was that sunshine and roses. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's no, there it's, is no bluebird of happiness at Twitter. It's a it's a Hades of misery and torment. It's a wretched hive of scum um, and, and villainy. Josh just said, "Note to self: Leave a comment calling Jacob and Drew scum." <laughs> <laughs> yes, Josh, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we anyways, got, so that, that is yeah. that is my third dislike. Uh, wow. Do we have anything else to add before we jump into ratings? Oh my gosh, I, it's getting late. It is getting late. It's ten o'clock. It is ten o'clock. We're uh, usually done by like a half hour ago. Well, I, I had to go into my TED talk. Remember? And so did I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, I think that's. Uh, I think it's. I think that's it. All right. Believe it or not, after everything we've said, <laughs> I'm giving this a seven. Yeah, same here. Because it's a fun movie outside of my complaints. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that in the moment, I know something's not right. Yeah. But I don't care, and I'm following along with the movie. Yeah. It's only when I think about it later and realize the ramifications of what she's doing yeah. that it annoys me. Yes, I agree. I'm I'm in the same boat. The, the fact to be like, this is be like, it's a very well told story. You have very good characters. Either way, like be like, it, you have this enormous problem or this glitch might the lack of a word glitch mm-hmm. within the film that basically snowballs it in some fashion or form. But overall, it's still an amazing movie that I'm hoping and praying they you know, make a third. Yes. Let's that, see if Disney can count to three. Yes. That, they haven't yet. Well, they did count. Pixar the three. did. Pixar. Disney hasn't. Pixar. Well, no, Disney. Like I was thinking uh, Aladdin three, but that wasn't. That's that's Disney tune. That's Disney tune. That's not Disney. Walt Disney animation. Yes. Walt Disney animation only made one Aladdin movie. Yeah. They've only made, I think. In all the sequels that Walt Disney animation has made of which. Dos. Three. Three. There's three movies that have that ha- that have more than one. Oh, no, four. Okay. There's four Walt Disney Animation Studios films that have sequels that Walt Disney Animation Studios made. Okay. Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Because there is one other Winnie the Pooh movie mm-hmm. that, came, that I f- keep forgetting about that came out around the time of Tangled, which I've not watched. Yeah, it's There's true. There's Rescuers with Rescuers Down Under. True. Good one. Frozen and Frozen 2. And now Ralph, Rick, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, so I would agree. They have yet to make a three in any of their franchise, any of the Walt Disney Animation films. There is a Tangled the series, which we are doing for right, but that's not that's not Walt Disney Animation. I think that's even a 
that's Disney te- that's what uh Disney television animation. I would agree, but I'm also trying to give us a plug. Oh yes, I know. <laughs> Go listen to our reviews. I'm finally re-releasing them again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been busy. I got distracted. <laughs> anyway. Cinderella 3 was Disney tune, Josh. Yeah. Any of the 90s stuff that came out, that was Disney that's tune. Dis- that's Disney tune. Walt Disney always goes to theater. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of another episode, possibly the longest episode yet of um, the Cellcast. Yeah, that's nuts. What are we looking at now? Since I started recording, uh, two hours and 33 minutes, minutes, and I know there's stuff that's got to be cut out of there. Yeah. I think the longest one before that was Transformers. Yeah, Transformers is like what? I think is longer. I don't. Or I think it's about the same length. I don't remember. And that was before we started doing this three like and three dislike. Yeah, format. actually get more of a structure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, wow. But we had stuff we had to get off our chests with this one. Yeah, agreed. So yeah. Uh, so join us next time mm-hmm. for a trip to the, the far off future of 2002. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I'm drawing a blank. Help me out. It's right over there. The DVD is. Oh, yes. The Jetsons, the, the movie. movie. <laughs> I have been waiting for this one since I remembered it existed. <laughs> Same here. Oh, my gosh. Trip trip down memory lane. Oh, this is gonna be, yes. And see how our our our, our nostalgia compares oh. to what we see now as adults. Yes, because I haven't seen this one since I was five. Yeah. Since I wore the VHS out. Anyway, join us next time for that one. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Stupid sprocket. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob E. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at the Cellcast Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Cellcast Gaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live action movies. And remember, cell is a single single L. L.